Hi, welcome to Irrelevant with Megan and John. I'm Megan. And I'm John. And we have a special episode where we got the kids involved again. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. And I thought since last time when we played I Descent, it got such good ratings. Yeah, definitely. That's because we were involved. I guess so. You guys are like the podcast magic elves. So we're going to play I Descent again. Sound good? Yep. Yeah, sure. I'm ready. One thing I did want to bring up is that we are sponsoring a team with the Antelope Valley Family YMCA Turkey Trot. And we would love it if our listeners would go to the Antelope Valley YMCA Turkey Trot page and sign up under our team and help out the Antelope Valley YMCA Turkey Trot. I'm so, already a member. As am I. Yeah, we've all Apparently signed up. I am. You are. I- I'll see you out there on your 5K. It's virtual, so you can run it anywhere, anytime in November. You just have to ru- run a 5K and upload your, your time. Okay. Sounds fine. Okay, so let's get into it. This one's going to be a little controversial, I think, but last time I thought that I was wrong. The first one is, a bar of soap cannot be dirty. Mm, A bar of soap can definitely be dirty. I've seen, like, a hairy bar of soap or, like, a dirty bar of soap. They 100% can be dirty. I I think that depends on what you define as dirty. Like, yeah, I've seen hairy bars of soap, but is the hair dirty? Like, is there actual dirt on the bar of soap? Is someone else's hair dirty? Yes. Well, in your food, sure. Why not on your soap? soap? You put that in more (laughs) intimate places on your body than you do food. I don't like (laughs) since you've become an adult and you can say the word intimate. (laughs) But it's true. Like, you you don't put your food in, like, your armpits and, you know. Ew. Yeah, ew. A bar of soap can be dirty. All right, fine. Well, I would say that a bar of soap can be dirty. The outside can be dirty. But the problem with that is the minute you start using it, it no longer becomes dirty because the soap is cleansing. So can a bar be dirty? Yes. I'm actually going to go like a little scientific on this and say that a bar of soap can be dirty because it's not the soap that makes you clean. It's the water and the friction and the removal of dirt that makes you clean, not solely the soap. Sounds about right. If you rub your soap on your lady parts, it's dirty. Okay, next topic. Oh my god. You never use someone else's bar of soap. I don't don't think anyone in this family follows that rule. Anyway, texting is as good as a phone call. I know you're very passionate about I am very passionate (laughs) about this. Texting is better than a phone call. Texting is the only way to communicate with me. Please do not call me. I think phone calls are for more like emergency type of situations where you like need a response. Not like when... Uh, my boss needs me to cover a shift. I'd rather get that in a text than a phone call at eight in the morning. <laughs> I would say a text is better because it's more to the point. I like text better as well. Um, I tend to forget things on phone calls, so then I have to follow up with text or email. So I like text because I can get all my thoughts just in one uh, pair. That's a really good point. Like sometimes I have really good ideas for irrelevant and then I record them and I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention all these things. So I think writing it down is way better than saying it. Um, you can also make the argument, though, that um, with a phone call, you're able to get across what you're trying to say. Like if you say something in a sarcastic tone in a text, somebody might not get that. And you can portray that in a phone call. I think that's fair, but that's what the good Lord invented gifts for. And emojis. <laughs> I also have a lot of uh, autocorrect accidents or typos in text. <laughs> you do have a lot of unfortunate. You have a lot of unfortunate text problems. Yes. 
Remember when you called your grandmother the B word? I did not. I was trying to say both, and it typed the wrong word. Why did did. your phone think that you (laughs) wanted to say that? The next one. Bare feet are gross. Like a bear's feet? (laughs) This is spelled B-A-R-E, so I think we can all agree that bare feet are B-E-A-R feet are cute and adorable. Adorable. But B-A-R-E feet is the word we're talking about. Are we talking about baby's feet? Baby's feet are no. cute and adorable. Your feet, like your bare feet. feet, as in my feet, walking around on the ground all day, are gross. Like freshly cleaned shower feet are. It doesn't. Mine are still gross. It doesn't indicate what kind of feet. It just says bare feet. I'm gonna say. Wait, what is it? They are gross. Yeah, I'm gonna say they're gross. I mean, I don't think in. I don't think they're innately gross. If that's the right word, they just become gross. Yeah, that's I can fair. see that. I'm going to dissent on your guys's on this because bare feet are the best feet. You should all be bare feet. I've learned from bare feet rights groups on Facebook, and I'm not a member of any of them. They just are heavily advertised on my Facebook mm-hmm. that it is not illegal to drive barefoot. And as long as the store doesn't expressly forbid it, you can wear your bare feet into stores. I would do that. That's just too But here, here's my argument. Yourself. Here's my argument. If your feet get dirty like let's say you um let's like step in dog poo or something like that what do you do you clean them right you immediately like hop on one foot to the shower and wash your feet if you step on dog poo in your shoes you'll just wipe them off and go on about your day so your shoes are way grosser than your bare feet you are going to take care of your feet more than you're going to take care of your shoes. I will shoes. say in principle you're right, except I definitely wash my shoes like with water at least. Yeah, but also the bottom of my shoes don't touch me, so I'm less concerned about that. And if other people are wearing shoes, they're not touching the bottoms of your shoes who have just yeah. walked over a surface. And let's say you accidentally let's step say... on glass and then step on dog poo. Then what? <laughs> this say... is not bare feet are safe. This is bare feet are gross. No, no. We're uh, talking gross. I guess. Let's say Thomas steps in dog poo on his sho- with his shoes on and wipes his foot out and just walks walks through the house perfectly fine. If I come in barefoot, I'm going to touch what just touched the bottom of his shoes. Yes. So the shoes are the gross part. No. What's coming from the shoes are the gross part. I feel what like- I'm saying is if I were barefoot, my feet would become very nasty because of other people's inconsiderate actions. I feel like this question was leaning more towards are they unappealing to look at not are they dirty and all it, that stuff. It doesn't say that. It's up to interpretation. On your point, Mary, I think that bare feet work like vaccines. Everyone has to be on board or they don't work at all. So shoes it is. No. Next one. Cheddar is the best type of cheese. Nope. I would I don't know. I love Colby Jack, so that's my favorite type of cheese right now. So I like goat cheese. That's my favorite cheese. I would also have to disagree. There's so many more cheeses that taste amazing. Like, I like fondue cheese. That's really good. I think basic cheddar cheese is like a step up from Kraft Singles. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Cheddar cheese is good, and I I have nothing against it. But how can you say it's the best? There's a time and place for cheddar cheese, but I think there's more times and more places for better cheeses. All right. Playing video games is a sport. 
Um, in the sense of co- competition, absolutely. On um, in the sense of athletics, athletics absolutely not. I would disagree. I've seen people golf regularly, and that's considered a sport, and they're still very chonky. So I don't think that they're one person comes to mind. And you could be a competitive VR gamer, and that is a lot of work. Yeah, if you play Beat Saber, Tommy and I have far beaten any Olympic athlete in calories burnt. Well, I don't see why you wouldn't call it a sport. I would agree with that. Although I always get my stand and move goals while we're playing Mario Kart. (laughs) I also get them while we're watching Jeopardy because I think I'm just a very emotive person. Right. Okay. (laughs) Next one. Dogs would make better drivers than cats. Absolutely not. Have you ever seen a dog who sees an animal that it wants? It just takes off after it. Can you imagine (laughs) if they were in vehicles? Also, uh, scientifically, dogs are colorblind, so <laughs> they're not going to see those lights, so they won't know to when, when to go or to stop. I think cats are too, though. So I think that might be even. Cats will figure it out. I, I think, don't think either one. I think be. cats are more calculative and uh, are are calmer like when it comes to like emotions, so I feel like a cat would be a better driver. I think cats avoid things more, where yeah. dogs... <laughs> Get right in there. Although when cats get scared, they get pretty uh, dramatic. You know, imagine a cat getting scared and then like flooring it with the car. At least they're flooring away from danger. I guess. And a lot of accidents are caused by like the sheer number of like cars being on the road. But I feel like a cat would only drive if it had to, where a dog would just drive for no reason. Yes. Take off. I don't even know what to say. I've never thought about this. Maybe we'll have to come back to you on another episode. Okay. All right. Fake Christmas trees are better than real ones. Yup. Eco-friendly, guys. I'll go yup just for convenience and consistency. Wait. You, what's eco-friendly? Having a fake Eco. tree over it, a real tree. I don't know about that because let's say somebody gets a fake tree every year and they just throw away their plastic tree and it's just... That's unrealistic. I don't well, think so. I, I, don't, I don't know if the eco-ness is so much... In that they grow that tree specifically for Christmas, so that tree would not have grown and it would not be letting out its oxygen if it had if it wasn't for the fact that it was going to be picked for Christmas. I'm gonna disagree with that because it takes seven to ten years mm-hmm. to grow a tree of that size. I know, I understand, but like that's seven to ten years of like growth. Well, I'll tell you, I like them more. I like fake Christmas trees more because I like, number one, who the heck wants to go shopping for Christmas trees every year? And number two, it's just, it's easy to grab it out of the garage and bring it up. So I think they're better. I don't think I can compare because I've never seen a real Christmas tree because I live in California. We have real Christmas no, like, trees here. <laughs> I've had them. Where at? The store, that, the grocery stores, on Avenue the, L. the old pumpkin oh, patches oh, become yeah. Christmas tree lots. Well, I've never used a real Christmas tree. We've never tree. had one. No. My I've had one as a kid. And Same I there. do like the Christmas trees that you buy like in a bucket and then you plant them. But then you have like a whole forest because yeah, you how can many, only use them once <laughs> a year. How many of those can you do? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that fake Christmas trees are better. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Okay, and this one is to uh, jump off the hot dog one. Open face sandwiches should not be considered sandwiches. So it's like, like Subway. No, it's like a bread and then toppings, and usually it has like some sort of gravy. You eat it with a fork. But so it's basically but a, it's, it's like bread. a burrito. But that kind of works with burritos. Like, does a burrito really a burrito if you can't eat it? Like, pick it up and take it to your mouth. When you get those wet burritos, you can't. 
I've do it with those either. I've never had an open-faced sandwich, so... I have. I've open-faced chili burgers. I've they, never had an open-faced sandwich, but once I heard that you have to eat it with a fork, I decided that it is not a that sandwich. they shouldn't even be called sandwiches. <laughs> Let me describe to you the best open-faced sandwich I ever had. Remember that restaurant on 20th and J that used to be behind the Taco Bell? Yes. Oh, a country kitchen or yes, something like that. Yes, yes. Okay. They used to have an open-faced turkey sandwich, and it was so good. It was one slice of white bread, and then it was, like, four slices of, like, oven turkey, like Thanksgiving turkey kind of, but thin slices. And then it had a thing of mashed potatoes on top, and then it was covered in gravy. And it was the best open-faced sandwich I've ever had. Like, oh. I, sometimes I think about it. Why even the bread? <laughs> That's What's a point. The point of the bread? <laughs> yeah, I would have. Well, to like it's like stuffing on Thanksgiving. Well, it's like a deconstructed, you know, anything, anything. Yeah, it, it's just basically saying that it is the ingredients of a sandwich eaten with a fork. What's the argument again? Open face sandwiches should not be considered sandwiches. Agreed. I agree. I agree. It's not considered a sandwich, but I have no problem with the name. But they're called open face sandwiches. Like so... you have a dumb name. It's just a way of where do you put it, it on the menu uh, like near the sandwiches with the turkey. Where's would, what? There's traditionally, no it's section. on the sandwich. I would put it near like a turkey dinner. dinner. You know, like it has turkey and mashed well, potatoes. We're talking about open face sandwich in general, not the turkey sandwich. Yeah, like an open face sandwich. Where no, would I get you that, put that? But like, where would you put it on the menu? It should probably be where next to the sandwiches or under the sandwiches. Just Maybe not in the sandwiches. That section. wasn't a lunch or a dinner. It was a. Just list all the sandwiches. Experience. Whenever. <laughs> list all the sandwiches put it and then put it last. There you go. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop right here and take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Our next topic is middle school is more fun than high school. Absolutely not. As a once middle school girl, I can tell you that other middle school girls are the absolute worst, okay? And once you get to high school, it gets a little better because people are too busy to be mean to each other. But once you're in middle school, everybody is not busy and they're mean to everyone and it was just a horrible experience. Tommy? I don't really know what I can say on this because I feel like me moving middle schools a lot and then high schools, like, I didn't really get to, like, like experience whatever. So I'm, I'm not, I don't really have an answer on this one. I'm going to agree with Mary on this. Middle school children are, they like thrive on the sadness of others. Mm -hmm. I would say that there is zero difference between middle school and high school, at least in my experience of middle school and high school. I had bad experiences and I had good experiences in both. Yeah, I'd say that Don't too. Don't you have a middle school? Yeah, yeah. but she, he doesn't go to a middle school school. Like he doesn't go to a physical but school. But he's still a middle schooler. schooler. That's true, but this is middle school. Yeah, but yeah. we're saying middle fun. school is full of middle schoolers. Yeah. That's what makes it bad. Middle school would be fun if it wasn't full I mean, of middle schoolers. I mean, the courses and the curriculum were fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. What? I'm talking I'm, about the My people. opinion is it's the same for me. It was for my experience. I, I don't think that. you should put a bunch of pre-hormonal teenagers together because they're just mean to each other they are mean and they do seem to have a lot more time on their hands like get a hobby i don't know i had a lot of nice experiences in both all right next one i actually have an answer to this one hmm. because neil degrasse T tyson told me the chicken came first not the egg agree or disagree i've never had an opinion on this because i you where do you start um I'm gonna say the chicken did come first. I also have no opinion. Like I've 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 looked into it, and I just think it's way too controversial. So I'd rather not say. 
Well, no, it's an impossible question because no one really knows. I think I'll find out here in a moment when my wife brings up her scientific. Can I say that the hen came first (laughs) because she had to give birth to the the, because she had to lay the eggs? So you're wrong. Okay, let's hear it. According to Neil deGrasse Tyson, the egg came first because it came out of the animal that the chicken evolved from. Ooh, interesting. We don't know. the one that was slightly different than the yeah. chicken. <laughs> there you go. Imagine birthing a this different isn't even animal. A real question. I doubt it was very much different from the one. No, it it's just a slight. It's a slight, a slight elu- change. Evolutionary change. <laughs> All right, I guess not as. Oh, good. Here we go. I guess if you have the answer, there's not really anything. Not, not really a debate. All right, this one. The book is always better than the movie, and always is in all caps. Always, but it's like always. So there can't be any gray areas? I feel very strongly about this. I agree that books are mostly better than movies, with one horrifying exception. Can I guess? Is it Twilight? It is Twilight. (laughs) That is the worst book I've ever read. I read the entire series, all nine million pages or whatever, and it was the worst, most boring, horrific, fifth grade style writing I've ever seen in my life, and I hated it. But I love the story that the movies told. So I'm a huge fan of the Twilight movies, and I will never read the Twilight books again. I would say that it's not a fair question because they're completely, they're two completely different mediums that are trying to do different things. They're not meant to be the same thing. So I have definitely read books where I thought the, the movie was better for specific reasons. Um, so it's not a, it's not a, a blanket statement. Fair? I think it, you're right. It should be. The book is always better than the movie, with the exception of Twilight. I don't know about that, though, John, because you are not an avid reader, and I know that you think the Harry Potter movies are very good, but they left a lot of unanswered questions for you that were very easily answered in the books. But what does that mean when it comes to better or not? Because better is a person's perspective on it. I personally wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking of Jurassic Park. When I think a lot of the decisions in the book made for a, a much darker thing and not as fun as the movie. And I find the, the movie to be really fun. Um, I think there's a lot of things in like, let's say, The Lord of the Rings, which I have read a little of, um, that it really gets dragged down into detail, into like just so much stuff. And there's a place for that. But in a movie, it's not the place for that. And if you think there's a lot of detail in the movie you haven't read the books. But sometimes movies really mess up books. Like, mm-hmm. they just take away the whole point of it, or the, like like she said, little things that you'll never understand unless you read the books. Well, I would yeah. say, in the interpretation of the story, yes. Uh, it never really takes anything away from a book because the book is still there. But you're not, like, reading it. It would take you more time to read the book than to just watch the movie. So, like, watching the movie is like a, a fast food cheeseburger where like reading the book is like a salad with like a protein and you know that it's like a full meal where like you're just stuffing a quick junky thing with the movies people are more likely to see movies than they are to read books true that agreed well that shouldn't be the case i'd say i uh disagree with this one because it does say always it does say always um uh what i the first the two series i was thinking about was the shining which had a great book and a great movie, but very different yeah, stories. Yeah, very completely different things. And then I was also thinking about The Hobbit. And I read The Hobbit, and it was a very, very good book. And then I watched the movie, and there was 
stuff they added into it that wasn't even there. Well, it was and there and it's just not out. in the Hobbit book. Yeah, it's from other Well, I sources. think like that's like comes from like a production money grab kind of area where they saw the success of having three Lord of the Rings movies and they the Hobbit just isn't three movies. Yeah. yeah. I think Agreed. I think a movie can be as good as the book if the person like directing the movie like cares about the book and it's not just a cash cash grab thing like all the part twos like with Mockingjay or the last Harry Potter or what was that other one? Twilight. Divergent? Oh. Twilight. Well, I actually thought splitting the movies into two was good for um, most of those. Uh, the Hobbit is an exception. I think it should have been one or two at the maximum, but I thought having two Mockingjays really helped. Not that I've read the books, but from what I've been told and from other people, uh, my wife here <laughs> has told me that she wishes that some of the other Harry Potter movies had been split into two to get more of that detail. And if you can do that and still tell a cohesive story that 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 works for audiences, more power to you. I don't really have an opinion on these movies because I don't genuinely enjoy them the same way you guys do. But mom and I read Just Mercy and we went and watched the movie and it was good. It was good for it people was a who, great movie. who haven't read the book. But if you read the book, you just didn't understand why so many powerful messages in it weren't put into the movie. Yeah, you missed you missed 90% of the point of the book. Yeah. But the movie was still amazing, so powerful, but you missed so much if you didn't read the book. That was that that's a good example of that. Well, I think sometimes a movie can be seen as a, a tasting to lead you to read the book. I don't even know that the story in Just Mercy is incomplete. I There were some parts where I was like, oh, they didn't mention why that was happening. But every other chapter is a different story that didn't make it into the movie. And you just lost so much. So people who saw the movie and they're like, yeah, I get it. They don't get it because it was it was a different book. Yeah. All right. This one. Facial tattoos are never okay. I'm going to say I have to disagree because I think the um, um, the culture of tattoos has been forever changing. Um, and I think nowadays it's more like seen as a type of art. And uh, sometimes people will go to a tattoo artist and say, put whatever you want on me. It doesn't matter. You're embracing the art of the person who's tattooing you. And so I think if you if you want to express that art on your face, like more power to you. Like I'm not saying like get a teardrop or whatever, but I listen, I'm all for free expression. I'm all for it's your body, do what you want. But my advice would be don't ever tattoo your face. Absolutely. Or your neck. Because there's just I know I know that we've progressed as a society when it comes to tattoos, but there are people that are going to see the face tattoo on you and judge you and you might think like well that's their problem for judging me but that could cost you like income and opportunity and you know that kind of thing i think the key word in this is never um why would if if you want to get one and you feel like you want that art on your face sure why not you may pay some consequences for it in the society at large but never okay i wouldn't say it's never okay there's obviously people who and there are tri there there are tribes and different groups where that's perfectly normal so to say never is wrong i think if you're going to be a tattoo artist and you're very good at your work and that's how you want to make money for the like the major part of your life then that would be an acceptable thing to do. Yeah. 
agreed. If you're going to be uh, someone who works from home, like a writer or something like that, then okay. Like, uh, or like some sort of actor, like, like you know, actors that have tattoos on their face. But Musicians. they, yeah, they're, they're cast into, I think you should be successful in the job that you're going to have long term before you tattoo your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no second career as scientist. Okay. And I think we have I think we have time for one more. It's okay to wear denim on denim. No. Yes. I think denim on denim is cute. It depends. Who cares? I don't know. It's fashion. Okay. Fashion's like, fashion. I, I don't you can wear whatever you want, your body and all that <laughs> stuff. But I just think denim on denim looks so weird. I've never liked denim jackets. I just think, you know, denim's kind of a a pants material. Yeah, I agree completely. I think denim pants are denim jeans are a thing, and that should be the only thing. But I that's think, my personal I way think I live. Denim jackets are so cute, though. I don't like. Them. I've seen I, denim hats. Those are they don't mad look, ugly. Listen, listen. <laughs> Does denim on denim look good on everyone? No. But denim on denim it, is perfectly okay. Does denim on denim look good on anyone? No, yes. I've never seen any denim on denim. Like that it looks doesn't. Good. Like I don't understand the point of a denim jacket. It doesn't look particularly warm. It's not comfortable. Yeah, no, because I've had one. Yeah, you have denim. I have a comfortable one. I don't. I would disagree with you. <laughs> it's so comfortable because like the sleeves are hoodie material and it has a hoodie. So it's like a yeah, vest. So- so the denim yeah. is not the denim vest. The part oh, of it. actually, I don't think it has hoodie sleeves. I think it just has the hoodie thing. So um, I think it's, it's a denim sleeve. If I'm remembering correctly, I think the reason denim is so expensive is because it's like a rougher material, you know, like that it's you wear hardier. when you work. And I wouldn't want to wear that on my as a jacket, you know, like that doesn't sound fun to me. As always, I'm the fashionista here. Socks with sandals, denim on denim, wear whatever you want, guys. It just gives me flashbacks to when Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake came to, like, the MTV Movie Awards in all denim. And, like, everyone was like, that's not cool. <laughs> wasn't, some, wasn't it whitewashed? No, it wasn't cool then. It's not cool now. No. Disagree. And always, as always, like, if you like denim... Enjoy your denim, but you'll find a like <laughs> a like-minded denim soul to live with. You. I think yes. uh, wearing denim on denim is like having a face tattoo. People are gonna judge you, and you might lose income, <laughs> but it's up to you. I think it's a little yeah. I think it's a little less than a face tattoo because I honestly don't notice people wearing denim on denim. I, I just I just feel so I like when I think about denim on denim, I just feel so uncomfortable and like I can't bend my arms because <laughs> yeah. that's how it is with denim. <laughs> disagree okay well that's our last one for today thank you again for listening to irrelevant and you can catch us on any podcasting platform we release new episodes every friday at 6 a.m and don't forget to head over to the antelope valley family ymca and sign up for the turkey trot under the irrelevant team thanks for listening bye see you later bye guys bye